Welcome to Diana Perkovic's Monday Momentum in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Hello, 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 everybody. You are listening to Monday Moment in 5. I'm your host, Diana Perkovic. This week, it is the Remix Extended Edition. You have been asking for interviews, and boy, have I got one for you today. A former Miss America has won the Democratic nomination for the third district congressional race in her home state of Alabama. Mallory Hagan, Miss America 2013, will face U.S. Representative Mike Rogers in the fall. Hagan of Alabama has stated her congressional campaign platforms include better education, jobs, fair wages, gender equality, access to affordable health care, and a focus on environmental issues. She worked until recently as a news anchor at WLTZ-TV in Columbus, Georgia. Many of you saw Mallory a week or so ago on the Today Show, CNN, and so many other major news outlets because she found herself in the middle of a Miss America email scandal. Yes, we will talk about that. If the good girl mafia motto is, it takes a badass to be a good girl, don't forget about other girls, then Mallory Hagan fits right in. We have so much to talk about. Mallory, first of all, hello, welcome, and congratulations. Girl, you won! (laughs) Thank you. It is absolutely uh, surreal, and it's very exciting, and I'm looking forward to what's to come, that's for sure. Thanks for having me on the show. Oh, I'm so excited to have you here, and I'm really excited about your recent win because as you move forward and as you run now for your first congressional seat, I have to ask, woman to woman, how does that feel to have accomplished that first step, and and where are you now sort of in your thought process as you move forward to the actual election, the one that matters? It feels, like I said, it's a little bit surreal, but it's also really exciting. Um, and, and I credit my confidence and my ability to be able to do it to participating in Miss America. You know, um, that was something that seemed like such a far off dream when I was a kid. And the, the more I inched closer to it, the more it became a reality. And then when I actually accomplished uh, winning Miss New York and then winning Miss America, it made me realize that no dream, no goal is too far out of reach as long as you, you know, take a bite out of that elephant one bite at a time. You know, nothing is too big to do as long as you take baby steps forward, uh, forward to do it. And uh, that's what I've done over the past couple of months. And that's what I'll continue to do moving into November. And hopefully I'll be able to pull out yet another win. I have no doubt that you will. I have, I have every confidence in you in the world. I want to just piggyback on something you just said, how Miss America was, you know, seemed like such a far-fetched dream, and yet somehow you accomplished it. I look at you, Mallory, and I see a Miss America winner. That's a far-out dream. Then I see a news mm-hmm. anchor. That's another, for some people, like, that's their dream job. And now, running for Congress, that seems like three huge dreams accomplished in one lifetime. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's something that I think is noteworthy, but it also begs the question, is, is there something that your mom taught you or some sort of values that were instilled in you as a child? Or do you think that this is just in your DNA? In other words, how did you do it? And how can we get more women to listen to that little voice inside of them to believe, hey, it's not that far-fetched? 
I think what my mom taught me was um, that it's okay to be the boss and it's okay to work hard. Um, my mom owned uh, a salon where she worked during the day. She was a cosmetologist and specifically a nail technician, a very, very good one at that. And at night she owned a dance studio. So I saw my mom work in two businesses that she owned and she excelled and she worked all day long. And what I saw her do was be, um, a great leader to other people, a great mentor, both in the salon atmosphere and at the dance studio. And, um, I was that little girl who people said was bossy and she allowed me to be, <laughs> um, she, she let me thrive in that. And she's like, no, I think what you are is a natural leader. And, um, she really helped me hone those skills. And in my household, grades were important. Um, uh, I won't say that they weren't, but my parents were more concerned about if you're going to be on the dance team, shoot for being the captain of the dance team. And if you're going to be in show choir, be the dance captain of the show choir. And if you're going to try out for the play, why are you not trying out for the lead role? Um, they really valued leadership in my household and they allowed me to thrive in that. And that's what I aspire to do is show other girls that it's okay to aspire to be at the top of the food chain, if you will. Um, and there's a way to go about doing that that doesn't require you stepping on other people to make it happen, that you can do it while also empowering others and uplifting others and bringing them along on the journey. It's so funny. My mom to this day says to me, you know, you're very bossy. She says that to me all the time. There's like, nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that at all. And I always, and my mom says, Diana, you're so stubborn. And I said, okay. I'm like, if I'm trying to world end world hunger, then I think being bossy and, you know, having a one track mind, that's a good thing. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Case in, in order point. to achieve goals, you got to be stubborn in your pursuit of them. And in order to achieve goals, you've got to know how as a leader to delegate and how to bring other people into the fold and give them a task so that collectively you all rise. And I think that 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 type of that type of thinking is important. And some people call it bossy. And I just think it's really good delegation. <laughs> you know, I think it's good delegation, too. And and I think that that will serve you well as you had move forward. And you now run for your first, you know, your first bid for Congress. And I have no doubt that this is part of the reason why you won the primary is because Mallory, I mean, I've gotten to know you a little over the years, and you mm -hmm. really are that girl. You live it, you walk it, you speak it, you do it. And I think people get that sense from you. So when you say gender equality, you know, access to affordable health care, all of these platforms, they're so important to you. And I know you're going to boss up and you're going to be that <laughs> bossy chick that you are in your DNA. How does that translate now as you move forward into, you know, this election? Well, I think the, the number one thing that I've learned in the process of running for office so far um, and it's actually, it goes back to Miss America. It's a, it's a lot of lessons I learned in that time frame, and I'm having to reapply them here. Um, there are a lot of people who come into the fold when you're running for office and want to tell you what to do, what to say, who to be, what to wear, uh, who to hire, all of these things. And what I said when I came into this was, I'm going to trust my gut and I'm going to do what feels right. And at the end of the day, if I lose this race, it'll be losing it as myself. And so I think that as I move forward, I'm going to continue to do what I've, what I've been doing, which is 
I brought in a team of people that I trusted. Uh, my campaign manager has never run a campaign before, but she's a woman who believes the same things I believe. And she's stubborn and she's bossy. And, uh, and we, we jive. And we've, we've come, had a many conflicts so far with our consultants and with people who are telling us, like, that's not going to work. And we're going, no, we're two women who grew up in the state of Alabama. I'm telling you, it's going to work if we just trust our gut. And so uh, I also got into this thing that I wanted to bring in more young people. I wanted more young people to be inspired to be a part of the political process. And so that's what we've done. Our entire team is made up of uh, young people who are in college or recently graduated. And we're, we're taking their, their thoughts and their opinions and we're applying them because that's what we want. We want to inspire this next generation to realize that politics is for all people. Literally, the air you breathe, the straw you drink out of, the internet you search on, like all of it's political and we have to be involved in that process or we're going to wake up one day and realize that we have no control over our own lives. I I have to agree with everything you just said. I, I mean, I think young people, that's that's who we need to mobilize today more than ever. Truly, because the sooner we can get people involved in the political process, it's not enough just to get out and vote. We have to use our voices, I think, especially today. And I believe, Mallory, that the world can still be changed. And I believe that for those of us who are willing to get our hands dirty, we can do just that. And it takes leaders. It takes people like you. I I will say for myself, you know, I always say I'm going to just bring all of me to the table And then it's going to be bears and bulls. The market decides, right? Right. Your audience, your constituents, people will decide. And sometimes that old school thinking of this is how it's always been done. Isn't that maybe part of the problem? I don't know. Yes, absolutely. Off the top of my head. We've allowed the status quo to dictate what we do moving forward. And I just don't buy into that. You know, sometimes you need a fresh idea. And I think that's what's wrong with Congress. That's what's wrong with leadership as a whole. And it doesn't matter if you're a Republican or a Democrat. Establishment politics just isn't working for for any of us, really, unless you are the 1% of the 1%, you know, the the establishment's just not working for us. And so I challenge people on both sides of the aisle uh, to really think about what your leaders are doing and, and what status quo they have set and what we've allowed from them and then to be an active participant and in, in changing it and electing people that you believe in, whether they're a Republican or a Democrat, electing people who you think are truly going to work on your behalf. You are a change agent. I mean, you are just one of those people who if you are. You are a change agent. And on that note, I have to go and I would be remiss if I didn't bring up the email scandal and everything that happened. For those of you who missed it, Sam Haskell, who is, I don't know how you missed it. If you missed it, I don't know how. Okay, I'm just saying. But Sam Haskell, who was the head of the Miss America organization, and Lewis Friedman, who was the lead writer of the pageant's telecast, were caught up in their own web. They were caught up in their own words. And um, Mallory, from one woman who's lived her life in the public eye to another, I know that we have thick skins. We just do. There are things people say to us that you just, you would never say to a normal person. And and I'm putting that into context. And specifically on the internet, they say it to us. I mean, honestly, exactly. And that's a whole other discussion, girl, which we can have. But I'm putting what I'm about to say in context because Mallory is a friend, is a woman that 
I admire. I have to, for the audience members who haven't heard some of the things that were said about you, I have to go and repeat some of it with your permission. Is that okay? Sure. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. So the boys, as we will call them, some of the emails have said things like, quote, I have decided that when referring to a woman who was once Miss America, we are no longer going to call them forever Miss Americas. Please change all that script copy to reflect that they are former Miss Americas. So that's what Haskell wrote. Friedman responded with, I'd already changed forevers to see you next Tuesdays. Gross. And Haskell responded, perfect, bah, ha, 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 ha. It goes on and on, and now they start talking about our friend Mallory. Haskell wrote to a female board member, oh, my God, she's huge and gross. And not a single day passes that I am not told some horrible story about Mallory. Mallory, that just is not in keeping with the Mallory I know, your character. I mean, how many times did you and I try to go to church together? right here in LA. I mean, really, are you, I I cannot for the life of me. I mean, I was reading this. I'm like, that's just not the Mallory I know. So Mallory, you were on the Today Show CNN everywhere last week, because now the swimsuit portion of the competition has been axed. How do you, as a woman, handle this? When, When you saw these emails come out, I know that you felt validated by them. Is this something that you were aware of for quite some time and were trying to say to people, these are the types of people who are heading up this organization? Yes. And it goes much deeper than emails. Um, but those emails were finally proof. So for the four years post Miss America that, uh, Sam Haskell was still in charge and some of the board of directors were still in charge. He had such a personal vendetta against me for, for reasons that are so absurd that many people are like, wait, what? Um, that he, you know, was telling people within the Miss America organization that they were not allowed to interact with me. They were not allowed to uh, post comments on my social media, that they were instructed to unfollow me, that they weren't allowed to hire me to host a pageant for Miss America. And so, I mean, he he really had it out for me and he weaponized Miss America against me, but it was all done by word of mouth. So how do you prove that? How do you make you know, change with that. And frankly, this is one of the greatest lessons in standing up for other people that I could possibly share. I have been standing up for others my whole life. I have no problem standing up for other people. And when I see an injustice, I will say it. Um, But there were a lot of people within the Miss America organization who basically felt if they stood up for me, that they too would be ostracized and they too would be kicked out of the club, Uh, to which I say, is that a club you want to be a part of anyway? But that's a whole nother conversation. It had it not been for Brent Adams, who was a former employee of Miss America uh, and also was my boyfriend for some time. Had it not been that he stood up for me and he made this happen and he brought this to light, it would still be going on. Um, and it was much deeper. I mean, he kept me from, from jobs in the entertainment industry. He kept doors from opening for me all over the place. It wasn't just within Miss America. And it sent me into a, a major, major depression. Um, so it was much deeper than just the emails, but the emails gave the organization a chance to restructure and it was proof that it was happening. So uh, it, it essentially forced them to walk away from Miss America. And for that, I'm grateful. And now I'm really glad that we have a board of directors that the former Miss Americas created 
And, um, and, you know, they're making some changes in the program that are scaring a lot of people who are, you know, who have been a part of this for a long time and they love the tradition of it, but all things evolve. And so I'm excited to see the evolution of Miss America and what it will be, uh, hopefully for the next hundred years. Well, to have to though, pay such a price in order for that to happen is one thing. And then to be able to stand up later and, and speak so eloquently and you sound so, oh, I don't know what the word is. You don't sound bitter, Mallory. I'm not bitter. I, you know, I often, while all it was happening, I mean, when I say I was depressed, it sent me into, it sent me into quite the depression. It, it was very hard. I, I was a part of the Miss America organization for 11 years before I won. My mother was a volunteer, as was my grandmother. Three generations wow. of women who have invested time and energy into this program that we so believed in. Then I finally won. And then I couldn't be a part of it anymore. It was like it was ripped away from me and my friendships were strained because of it. And it just caused a lot of uh, internal struggle. And it's already hard enough after that year to sort of get back to who you are as a person anyway. And then to have that experience on top of it was very difficult. And I often ask myself, you know, why is this happening to me? What did I do to deserve this? Like, what kind of karma do I have that's making this happen? Uh, But now that I'm running for office, and I'm dealing with, you know, certain personality types, and certain types of manipulation behind the scenes, like all this stuff. I'm like, this is why I see straight through this behavior and these types of people now. And, you know, I trust my gut from the beginning and, and it, this is exactly why I went through it. And now I will use that experience to better the lives of people in Alabama because I'm strong enough to do that. Oh, you bet you are. You really are. And you know, you, you look at men like this and there are some women too, who, you know, abuse their power. And, and I oftentimes... Well, know, there were women on those emails. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you for bringing that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. And I, as a woman and as the founder of Good Girl Mafia, it's one thing when men do it, but when women get involved, that's what really gets my goat. I cannot stand here and just let it go. Mallory, I can't. I can't either. I'm with you. And that's why we need more women like you who are bringing to light the the conversation of, you know, we, we have to empower each other and we have to learn how to be women who support other women because society for so long has taught, taught us that we are battling for the attention of men, A, and therefore it is uh, necessary to tear down other women in order to rise to the top, in order to be seen as someone who is worthy and valuable of men's attention. And I, I hate for it to just be about men, but that's that's the truth. That's where this this whole competition aspect between women comes from, is that we must make someone else look inferior to us in order for us to shine. And that's just not how any of us are going to succeed. And that's yeah. not how we create a society and a culture that we want to be a part of. So kudos to you for bringing the conversation to light about you know, being a woman that other women want to be around. Thanks, Mallory, because, you know, I have this really deep-seated belief that you're either a girl's girl or you're a mean girl. You can't be both. There comes a point in time in your life where you have to decide which one it is you are going to be. And I think the more of us who stand together and say, look, I'm a girl's girl, I'm not leaving another one behind, the better off we are going to be. And in this age of me too, equal pay, time's up, or, oh, I don't know, I am the storm. 
Yeah, right? that, that is the <laughs> roar that was heard around the world. So if you did not see Mallory Hagan's Facebook Live, you took your response to all this shiz that was going down and you turned it into a thing. Yeah, well, you know, I think what it was was um, Sam Haskell and the people who were surrounding Miss America were spin doctors. And this all happened around Christmas. I think they thought that the media cycle would move on, on, that this would be news for just a moment and that it would all blow over. So they so they sort of ignored it for a couple of days and they didn't have a response. And first, Sam Haskell was just going to take a leave of absence, mm-hmm. quote unquote. And I was like, mm, no, <laughs> that's not how this is going to be. And I essentially said, I will, I will sit on Facebook Live for for an hour a day for the next however many days until people finally say you all have to go. Um, and I, you know, basically I just said, uh, you guys think that you're going to be able to weather this, weather this storm and you're not <laughs> like, you're not going to weather it. I am the storm. So and, and, I, I, and guess didn't I was so angry. It caught on. <laughs> well, listen, sometimes anger does sister. And, and it turned into a good thing too. You started making t-shirts and part of the proceeds went to charity. Yeah. Yeah, actually, my Miss California sister, Leah Cecil, she was like, let me design a t-shirt real quick. And I was like, go for it. So they're actually still for sale and the proceeds are going to go to uh, a scholarship in the Miss America competition this fall. So and where where can we find those t-shirts? If you go to represent.com and you just search I am the storm, they will all pop up. Um, They're fairly cheap and I think it's like almost $5 from every t-shirt sale will go towards scholarships. So it's for a good cause. That's significant. You know, I'm going to go back to Mr. Haskell and some of these emails because he said at one point, he says, not a single day passes that I am not told some horrible story about Mallory. And Friedman, another, you know, gentleman, if you want to call him that, another gangster in this mob, he replies by saying, Mallory's preparing for her new career as a blimp in the Macy's Thanksgiving parade, as she continues to destroy her own credibility, her voice will attract less and less notice while she continues her descent into an unhappy, pathetic footnote. Now, to all of our <laughs> listeners, I, I want everybody. Said all that. I want everybody now, all of our listeners, raise your hands up. I want everyone to start waving as we say in unison, boy, ba. <laughs> boy bah. gosh i forgot to even said all that that's so funny but between yes, the you my know, unhappy descent yes but no that's yes. precisely what i'm doing right now i don't know if anyone noticed yeah exactly that's exactly <laughs> what you're doing you know i i look at comments like these and, and people often want to say oh but they're so stupid like that's just stupid i don't think it's stupid i think it falls under a category of Power corrupts absolutely, absolute power corrupts, and I think it's arrogance that you would put that in email. You've got to be so arrogant to think that you're above reproach, above getting caught. And I think somehow because you're saying it about a woman, it somehow is supposed to make it oh okay-ish in their minds it's a very well this is this is the society of locker room talk Mm. right like oh that's just locker room talk it's like no that's you're a jerk face talk (laughs) like you're a jerk (laughs) yeah basically okay so where are you right now and what are you doing take me through a day in the life of Mallory the democratic candidate for congress in Alabama 
Oh, well, goodness. Well, every day is different. And that's what I love so much. I'll tell you, running for office has made me fall in love with this state. When I left at 19, I was so over just everything about what I felt was small town Alabama. And our district is um, is comprised of 14 counties. And so every day I'm traveling to a different part of the district and interacting with people And it's made me just fall in love with Alabama. But my days are different and and exciting. And today I'm actually on the road to Muscle Shoals, Alabama, which is not in my district. But I'm heading to a conference with other members of the Democratic Party to discuss uh, Alabama's economy. And so tomorrow I'll be hosting a um, a forum as a moderator and interacting with people from all over the state that I've not had a chance to meet yet that are on the democratic ticket. So it should be very exciting. And that's sort of one day in the life of many days that are, that are ever changing. If you wanted to send one message to the women in your district, you know, vote for Mallory because what would that message be to the women? The message would be vote for me because what our leaders do and say has an impact on what our children emulate. And it is important to have decorum and to uh, communicate in a way that is respectful and kind and with compassion. And I don't currently feel like we have a lot of leadership across the country that's remembering that small eyes are watching. So for me, I aspire to be a leader that represents all people in Alabama and in Alabama's third district. And I aspire to be a leader that all of our children can look up to and emulate as well. And to the gentlemen in your district who are who are listening right now or or who are going to give you a platform and listen to you. What is your message to the men in your district? My message remains the same to to men, but I guess I would add on that leadership is evolving in this country and we need people who are willing to stand up and willing to fight for all people despite their party line or um, despite where they come from or how much money they make or what their uh, gender is or whatever it may be. And I, I think that I have in the past demonstrated well that I can represent all people through the role of Miss America and that I can fight for what I believe in and for what's best for all of us. And so I genuinely hope that people in my district will remember that when they go to the polls and they vote. And to the young people who maybe aren't even registered to vote, how do we get them up? How do we get them mobilized, Mallory? What do you say to them? To the young people, I say that This, more than anything you do in life, matters. Your vote is your voice, and it truly does make an impact when you vote. I hear so many times, well, it's not going to matter if I vote anyway. It doesn't matter if I vote. And we have seen in this election cycle, uh, in this last year, we've seen votes come down to 70, 80, 100 votes in in a specific place. And that, that goes to show you that you getting to the polls really does make a difference. And politics is in everything that you do. It surrounds you. Every decision that's made is made on your behalf. And if you don't vote and actually have a say in those people who are at the table, then, then you're not having a say in the decisions that impact you. So voting matters and your vote does absolutely count. 
you know, I'm a naturalized U.S. citizen, and I am so proud to be American. I feel so patriotic. I love this country so much. And is it a country without problems? No. Is there room for improvement? You bet there is. And I look at someone like you, and I think, well, I'm getting goosebumps, and here we go, because here is the wave of the future. Here are the women who are Uh going to make a difference. I am so happy for you, Mallory. I am rooting for you. I want to see you go from Congress and beyond. I mean, God knows what you're going to do next, but... I really am so excited for you, and I'm going to say this publicly. If there is anything that I can do in any way to help between now, Election Day, and beyond, do not hesitate to ask. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. And uh, if anything, I hope that hearing my story and watching the women around the country run, that other women throw their hat in the race, and it doesn't have to be from a congressional standpoint, city council, school board, Heck, PTA, you know, get in there and get involved uh, because it really does matter. And when women only make up roughly 25 percent of our legislators across the country, you know, we, we have a problem. We, we need to be half of the table, not just a quarter of it, because we make up half of the country. Exactly. <laughs> so so we need we need our voices there in the decision making process. And if anybody wants to help with the campaign, the best way to do it is to is to go online and make a donation. And no donation is too small. That is for sure. So well, thank if, you for giving me the platform to talk about it. Well, listen, if it takes a badass to be a good girl and let's not forget about other girls. Mallory Hagan, you fit right in. You are a member girl. Thank you. Thank you. Listen, thank you so much for joining me. I know you are pressed for time. So I want to thank you again, and let's keep in touch. And if there's anything I can do, please let me know. And congratulations. I wish you all the best of luck in the world. I know you got this. Thank you. Thank you, Mallory Hagan. And again, former Miss America, she just won the Democratic nomination for the third district congressional race in her home state of Alabama. She is former Miss America 2013. She is going to face off with U.S. Representative Mike Rogers in the fall. She believes in, as you heard, congressional campaign platforms include better education, jobs, fair wages, gender equality, access to affordable health care, and a focus on environmental issues. Mallory, thank you so much for joining us today. This is another edition of Monday Moment in Five. This is the remix. This is the extended version. I want to thank you all for listening. Have a fabulous week, and I will see you back here next Monday. (laughs) 